You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. September is Suicide Prevention Month. And this week on Carly's Couch, we're discussing what to say and what not to say when people are dealing with mental health struggles. Happy Monday. Hope everybody's doing well. Hey, yeah. Excited to be here, as always. Hope you are, too. Happy that you're joining us, especially for this episode. I think that anytime we talk about mental health and suicide prevention and ways that we can be better supports and better friends and um, just be better in these situations dealing with people, I think that is important. Yeah, and like Carly mentioned in the intro, um, you know, oftentimes we are having... we. Mm, what am I trying to say? Like Carly mentioned in the intro, September is Suicide Prevention Month. And so it's definitely important if you're going to have those conversations to have them now. Um, you probably can see online there's lots of different content that's around suicide prevention, awareness, mental health, and what to do in crises. And especially with, um, in July, the new um crisis hotline changing to 988. There's just a lot of conversation around mental health in general. So um, today we are going to do some role play around the actual literal tactical things to say in conversation um, while they... Look, I thought we were about to witness them right now. So people are doing uh, some kind of renovations outside and there's a ladder being slung into my window. <laughs> Hopefully our mics are good enough that you don't actually hear all that. But if you do, I'm sorry. Lo siento. Um, yeah, lo siento. Um, when I was volunteering to do or, or training to be a crisis text hotline volunteer, one of the things that was most interesting to me was how much I like thought I knew but didn't actually know about how to have a conversation um, with somebody who's dealing with crisis or uh, some type of mental health struggle. And I remember learning so much going through the modules of this online training and then literally saying, okay, do this and then letting you practice it. Um, Don't do this and you having to practice it and how it very much was like anti the way I would have spoke to somebody. Um, However, I understand what all those things kind of meant and why. And since doing that training, I actually kind of use a lot of that just in my everyday conversations, not just um, in crisis but also I recognize how that's helpful when you do need to have a conversation with others, whether they're just being like, man, I'm feeling sick or whether it's like I had a death in the family. Like it doesn't even necessarily have to be about them saying like, I am having feelings of ending my life, but just to be more empathetic, to listen, to let people speak and everything else is a game changer in having those conversations. Yeah, because I would argue that, you know, we have a lot of IQ training. We don't have a lot of EQ training, uh, which is emotional intelligence, unless you work in those areas or maybe they had a professional development or something at your job. Um, And so for the most part, like people aren't used to being heard, you know, in conversations. And you see that a lot where, you know, people anytime they have an opportunity to open up to somebody or, you know, in a safe space or somewhere they feel is safe, they'll just start talking because they're not really used to that. So I think that it's super important and that no matter how good you think you are or you are in these areas like you can always get better and always practice and learn new things Mm -hmm. and in episode 81 if you want to go back to that we did talk about suicide and what to do when a friend is suicidal Um, but this one is going to build upon that more with some tactical conversation and things to do and I do so as we get into it um, Carly how comfortable do you feel um, 
having these types of conversations with other people, like being the one who's listening to it? I feel pretty comfortable. I feel like I've always been that person, like even with people that I don't know, like sharing too much of their business and things with me. Um, so I, I feel pretty comfortable. How about you? I feel more comfortable listening than reaching out. And maybe it's not even about comfort, but just like, I, it's like I understand the need when somebody else reach out to me and like to listen and hear them. Um, but when I feel like I might be going through something, most of the time I don't actually feel like, like what's the point of reaching out. So for me, I do feel comfortable listening, but I've definitely, because of this training, from therapy, from all kinds of other things, have learned over even the last couple of years much, much more um, kind of things to think about when I am listening to these conversations. For sure. Um, yeah, reaching out, I think, is always harder, <laughs> no matter where you are. But I'm glad that, you know, that training kind of made you feel more comfortable, like, being the support in that. Or it's not even that it made me feel more comfortable, because I think I've, I've always been comfortable, like, listening to people. But it made me much more aware of how to actually listen um, and how to let people make decisions for themselves. I'm very mm. much a person ever since I was little like if somebody asked my brother something I would speak up he's good um and talk and want to answer questions for people and well when I when I was going through this this is what it was and so like that's how my approach would be is like let's get to the solution and all of those things whereas in this case it's very much the opposite um so it's definitely kind of a different way to approach if you are that type of person who's used to um giving advice and like getting to the point and wanting to help people in that way. Yeah, and I think that um, those responses and similar things could be one of the reasons why it's hard for people to reach out. Like, I think, like, when I've been struggling and I've wanted to reach out, I definitely haven't because I'm like, man, they're just going to try to tell me how to fix it right now, and, like, that's not necessarily what I need. But what are the things that you feel like you would need or how, you, how do you want to feel when you do reach out? Um, because I think if we think about it from that perspective, it can also help us to be better as the listeners and on that other side. I think that's a great question. Um, and reaching out, I would want to feel heard and seen, um, meaning like that they're actually present with me and that they care what's going on. Not necessarily that they understand, but that they're holding a safe space for me. Like I would want to feel safe and heard and seen. What about you? I don't know how I want to feel. I guess... Uh, um. I don't, I don't know if like heard, seen makes anything feel better. I think it's just nice to let it out. Um, mm -hmm. So I would want to not feel shamed or judged or um, minimized is what I don't want to feel. I could tell you that. Mm -hmm. And by minimized, I mean when people are like, man, you good. Like you'd be straight and like all that, which is fine because I'll be like yeah I'm, I'm the first person to tell somebody like if I'm not cool as I am I'll be cool like it's whatever um but yeah I can, I know how I don't want to feel um so I would answer it from that way yeah and sometimes if you don't know how to answer it going from what you don't want is always a good place to start so and you know when moving forward in this episode think about you know if you reach out to someone how do you want to feel or how do you not want to feel like what keeps you from reaching out to people and I think that being shamed, judged, minimized, all those things would keep me from, like, ever opening up to anybody. Yeah, so we're going to just get into it as far as here are some examples of the do's and don'ts. So if somebody was to text you, if they were to call you, 
just say, hey, man, I'm feeling kind of down or whether it's like I'm anxious or worried about something. I can't take it anymore or like suicidal, even to that degree. What do you do? And so I would say the first thing to consider is to do more listening than you do talking. We are all great at thinking about our own experience and saying, oh, yeah, I've been there before and this is great. Or, you know, kind of rushing them to answer, like not really listening to what they're saying, but listening to respond. Um, So I would challenge you in this situation to let them talk, to ask some thoughtful questions and let them tell you how they're feeling and delve into what's going on. Mm -hmm. So if I said, called you and said this to you, how... How would you respond? And then tell me, like, what are the key things that you're showing us in that response? Okay. So, Carly, I just broke up with my girlfriend. I I'd really, I just don't feel like doing anything. Uh, how does that make you feel? I mean, I feel like she just abandoned me. Like, she didn't even really, I don't know, give me any warning. She just, it just feels like she just left. How does that abandonment feel in your body? And I would have been pissed, but in real life, uh, I don't know, just something's missing. What do you feel like's missing? My girlfriend. (laughs) All right, we can stop, we can stop, we can stop. So why, what were you doing there? I was probing. I'm trying to keep you talking um, because, yes, that is a very traumatic event, and obviously that's the thing that you're missing, but the more you can help someone explore their feelings and actually put stuff into words, um, the greater opportunity it gives them to reflect and actually distances them from their feelings because whenever you have to name your feelings, it kind of puts a little bit of space, and so that really heavy hurt and abandonment that they will probably still feel after our conversation, it gives them a little bit of space to explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carly was definitely, she was asking questions, which means like she's not talking about um, herself and just letting me talk. But then some of these other things too also give examples of like where else you can take that as people start to open up more or respond to that as well. Um, So one key thing to always remember is avoid as much as you can using I and avoid talking about yourself, um, which is what I said was a big thing with me and not necessarily even trying to hijack the conversation. I don't I don't think most people who do this are really, really aware. And I think as a matter of fact, once I heard about this, as far as um, I think we even talked about this in a conversation with apologizing or having conversations, whatever it might have been. once you're aware of like trying not to do that, you notice how hard it is. This was one of the biggest things that was hard for me with the crisis thing. Cause you want to say like, well, I da 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 because you don't want to talk for them, but also it's like, it's not about you. So a lot of times we'll flip the conversation and we'll think that we're supporting them, but really we're just taking it over. And so um, I have this prompt for Alexia to respond to. Yo, I'm having such a hard time, like, waking up early in the mornings. Like, I just feel like I'm lazy and unmotivated. I feel like a slob. And, like, I feel kind of whack for not being able just to get up and get going every day. What? Why do you feel like a slob? I mean, because if I was really about my business, like, wouldn't I just pop up out of bed in the morning, like, ready to do all the things that I need to do? Mm. Well, it does sound like you care very much about productivity in your work, right? Yeah. And so you're you're getting there. You're on the path, right? Because it sounds like you're at least recognizing uh, where you want to be. So. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was about to actually make a mistake. I was kind of starting to make a mistake. 
uh, which I could point out too. I think the the showing using this as an example for not use saying I and giving your own story. What could have happened there, and probably what I would have done is because I have that similar uh, story already in my life, and I've, we've talked about it before. And so I could have easily just been like, oh, man, I had the same issue. Like, I, I always had trouble getting up, and um, it was really something I was working on. I kept trying different routines and blah, blah, blah. So, like, I could have just started talking about my story, which is similar, and you think that might help, but it, maybe you should take a little while to get to that, um, to maybe when they if they ask you about, um, you know, if you've dealt with that, or if later in the conversation you might mention, well, there's some things that I've tried before if you want to hear them or something like that. Yeah, I think that that's a great one um, because you never know if people are, if they just need space, you know what I mean, to complain and to vent and to feel heard and all that, or if they actually want solutions. So I was actually going to try to trip you up and be like, I know you used to struggle with this. How'd you do it? Uh-huh. An opportunity there is like, well, have you tried? I was I mean, about to get into, straight into solutions, too. That, exactly. That, that's where I was about to go wrong. I was like, man, I would, do want to be like, listen, just do this, bro. Just try this. Just try that. Um, but another point, well, let me not get too ahead. But Well, I was going to say another thing is just to keep asking questions. Like, okay, well, you know, what are some of the methods that you've tried? Like, what do you think was hard for you mm-hmm. about that? I think the right questions are, too, because questions are annoying. Like, I like I was getting annoyed with asking, like, how does it feel in my body? Like, if, if that's not where I'm if that's not where I'm at like I'm dealing with something kind of I would feel is bigger than that so I I would say be it depends on the questions I think the question you just asked would have been perfect though just to ask like okay well what have you tried thus far um to get going and have that conversation moving forward that way so I think that would have made sense another thing to to do when you're listening and having these conversations with people is to summarize what they are saying and ask if you're hearing them correctly. Don't make assumptions um, on what they said or extrapolate your own meaning for something that they might have mentioned. So you can kind of repeat it back in your own words and ask them if it's right. Because you don't want to like assume something and kind of misdiagnose the situation. Um, You want to have them feel that you kind of understand what's going on. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Carly, I am so tired of people. I have to deal with everyone's problems at work all day just to come home and pick up after my husband and kids. They be sitting around. It's just, it's too much. I really think I'm about to lose it. I mean, it sounds like you have, you know, stressful days where you have to come home and not only, you know, have your whole day at work, but then come home and also deal with your family and everything that they have going on. Yeah, that I mean, that's just exactly what it is. Like, how am I expected to deal with all of this at one time? I don't have any time for myself. I'm sorry that it that you don't have any time for yourself. I know that you, you know, work a lot and are, you know, working a lot on yourself. And then I see it. Look, I was like, I don't know what to say next. I don't know what to say next. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's um, maybe we you could think of a question to ask. Um. Um, to maybe probe into like how much is this affecting your mental well-being like maybe kind of check to see like when they say they're about to lose it what does that mean you, I heard you say you're about to lose it like what do you mean by that mm, what do you mean question. by that <laughs> <laughs> um, which is isn't it so funny though how it's it's you have to really think about it so that's why like with the crisis text line also the fact that it was text I know that's a world of difference than uh, <laughs> than if Real I was time. on the phone like as a counselor yeah because I used to really have to think like wait a minute what should I say? What should I ask? And give that second to do that. Um, it is, it's harder in real life because you start realizing like, 
what you're about to go into as far as your habits of conversation. Um, but if we stop and think about it, I like how we're also kind of being like, well, actually, yeah, we could have did this. We could have did that. Bro, because I definitely was about to be like going into <laughs> solutions, like we're trying to figure out like, okay, mm. well, what's your biggest pain point so we can start, you know, there. Yeah. It's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not that easy. Um, another one is, which we've been talking about this one, so we can probably move th- through this one kind of quickly without the prompt per se, but don't bring up those solutions immediately. Um, and the reason for that is because sometimes people don't even want solutions, right? So you want to at least wait for them to mention that or bring that up. Um, but also, I feel like people might call you because they know you, right? I think people, a lot of times people do call me and they're asking for solutions or they're asking, they want to brainstorm. Um, but I can still wait till we get to that. Or I can ask, which you've you've done this before, ask like, okay, do you want solutions or do you just want me to listen? That's another thing that's always valid in these conversations. Um, but it also gives them more time to vent and to process themselves before they move to the next steps. They might not even need the solutions. You might be uh, overthinking. And I think one of the biggest things about not bringing up solutions immediately that's good too is because half the time if somebody starts talking and then you hit them immediately with solutions, that means you weren't really listening because you're already trying to process what to do next. You think you already know what's going on. And that's one of my biggest problems. Like when people are talking, like I want to finish their sentence. I'm like, yo, so, so you meant this. So this happened. Like get to the point. Um, and it's like, I think I'm smarter. So I think I know what's going on. That's why I interrupt people so much. And it's just not a good habit because it also just shows you're not truly present and listening. So, um, the prompt for that could be, I didn't see that the deadline for my report is in two days. It's stressing me out. I feel like a failure. I don't know if I'll have time to get it done. And like immediately you would want to be like, all right, so how we get it done in two right, days? Da, 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 right. Da, da, da. Maybe um, you could start here, or what do you think? Blah blah blah. But like, what could that response sound like? That would be without giving solutions. If it was one of my friends, I'd probably. All right, can we take a big breath together? Uh, oh. you know, what can we do that? Yeah, you know. You <laughs> this one, I would call Carly. Like, I ain't trying to breathe. Yeah, like I'm trying to be stressed out. I don't want to feel better. Yeah, basically. But yeah, so she knows not to call me for that. <laughs> but um, I, that's what I was trying to think of, like. How to not bring up solutions. That sounds like a venting space. Like, I, that probably would be something like, hey, that sounds like a really tough situation. Like, I, I hate you didn't see the deadline. Yeah. And I know this is important nah, to you. I hate you. it for you. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> and I know this is important to you. Um, well, let's use some of the um, examples of some of the things we've done. Because one thing we could do is, okay, so I'm hearing, hearing you say that uh, you have a deadline coming up and you weren't, you weren't aware of it. Um, and you feel bad about that, and maybe they could kind of go on Hell to yeah, like, yeah, I feel bad about that. Yeah, maybe they still go on to talk and feeling bad about it, and then maybe you could, is that giving them the solution? That is kind of giving them a solution if you ask them, um, maybe, well, has this happened before, or do you feel like you can reach out and explain the situation to somebody? Is that solutions, right? Yeah, that's a solution, I think. So I, I'm, then these are real life things that happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think in this one, I would probably ask the person like, Hey, I, that really sucks. Like, I know your job is important mm-hmm. to you. I know this report was huge. Like right now, do you need me to hold space or do you want me to explore solutions with you mm-hmm. to try to help to get mm-hmm. it done? And that go- does go actually right into the next one because that's where you can validate them. So there's some things obviously we haven't got to yet, um, but validating the person is also really good. So you're, you are uh, rehashing what they said, show that you really listened. They might be like, yes, that's what you heard, or yes, that's what's happening, or no, nah, it's more like this. But then you can validate that. I actually use this a lot, lot more, expressing empathy and acknowledging their emotions. 
And I think that's one of the biggest pieces is, like I said, people want to feel seen and heard and um, not that you necessarily understand exactly what they're going through, but that, you know, there's a space for their emotions. And so another like prompt type thing with this one is, man, I found out that my friends had a game night without me. Like they didn't even invite me. Like nobody, obviously nobody likes me and I don't even know why they're friends with me. It sounds like you're feeling isolated and like your your friends don't value you. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, I don't feel valued at all. Man, how does that how does that feel? How does it feel to not be valued? Uh, it makes me feel really sad and like unimportant and like just why why even be here? Like what's going on? What I say next. <laughs> <laughs> but but um to go back to the validating part, I f- I I actually I remember some of these things too. I felt like they felt corny when they teach you that to to say like, hey, it sounds like you are like even in some of these other ones, it sounds like you're feeling a void with your girlfriend missing, or it sounds like you're it's it's over your head, like it's too much for you to deal with with your family and work. But those things, um, they sound weird. But I actually text like that all the time now, where I try to instead of going into a solution, which I tend to do, is I'll try to say, like, it sounds like you feel like this. Or or I think I said this today. No, yesterday. It can, yeah, it can feel just uncomfortable when when you lose control. I said there's somebody yesterday who they were like, yeah, I, I'd, like, yelled at my mom to shut up. Like, she really got on my nerves, and I feel bad because, like, I, I kind of lost it. And, I, you know, nobody wants to do that, no. feel like that with their mom. But sometimes they <laughs> – I'm sure she was nagging crazy. So – and I was like, you know, it can it can be uncomfortable, like, feel like you lost control. And I was like, let's see what, what this is going to do. And, like, it does actually, like, make a person – it just validates, like, yes. Like, not saying that it was right, wrong, not asking questions about what happened, not whatever, but, like – yeah, of course, like, in that moment, you'd be feeling bad, like, it's like, yeah, I didn't like how that felt, um, and so that validates, like, that's okay that you went through that, um, or it's okay that you felt that way. And I think that's so important, like, also, all of our friends are different, so, you know, you kind of respond to different Mm -hmm. people in different ways, but that brings me to, I don't think there's a right solution to any of these, right, like, I don't think there's a perfect thing you can say or do, but it's really just being mindful about them, because going even further in the conversation, if I had responded, like, the person responded to me, like I did to you, Mm -hmm. I would just say, you know, I'm I'm so sorry that you feel like that, Mm -hmm. you know, is there anything I can do to support you, Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then, and when we got later on the conversation, I would, you know, start to question, like, well, do you think they did it intentionally? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And then try to bring that, not be like, you know, your friends love you. Cause then that feels yeah. dismissive, but you could ask a question like, you know, is this like a pattern? Do you feel like they did yeah. it intentionally? Because then maybe they just need new friends. I use this one today too, actually. Um, when a, a friend hit me and was saying that, um, they had a passing in the family. Oh, two people. I've had one person I was following up with like, yeah, Hey, how are you feeling? And another person, um, they had to cancel plans. There's like, yeah, I know I'm gonna have to go out of town cause of a passing in the, in the family. And just uh, saying, like, um, yeah, that can feel – I forgot exactly what I said. But, like, um, I'm sure that feels like – that can feel like X, Y, Z. Or to the other lady, I was trying – I was trying not to uh, mirror, like, my experience. I remember specifically because she's having to, um, you know, deal with all the estate and stuff. And I thought about it with my grandmother, like, how my dad had to do all that. And so just kind of saying like, yeah, I, that probably feels like this, or I bet, I bet you're feeling X, Y, Z, you know, off of kind of what they're saying. Um, and in my training, I do remember feeling like, am I putting an emotion on them? But they're like, no, it's good to ask that or say that because then they can say, no, actually, like I feel okay, or or they can say like, 
Yeah, and like go into it. So it's okay because you're at least probing. You're not telling them how they feel, but you're at least kind of asking and kind of um, seeing if like, is this what you're going through right now? And that's a good way to open up space and just continue a conversation. Um, like I said, sometimes they just need someone to talk to and or to share. Um, but if it's something like that, like if you have a coworker or that is best probably not to probe in a more professional situation, but being like, man, I'm so sorry for your loss. Like mm-hmm. my condolences. If you, if I can do anything, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. It depends on how much you know the folks. Um, you definitely don't want to be judgmental or dismissive. And I think sometimes this can happen sneakily where you're not really like thinking that hard about it. Um, this looks like not blaming them, not shaming them, not labeling them. Um, I, oh, you might put that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm. it's like, yeah, like, um, even making jokes, like think about people in your family and maybe like siblings and stuff and be like, here they come with a dark, depressive world or all mm. of their emotions. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of like, like, if you know they're sensitive, like, all right, got to walk on eggshells because so-and-so is here. And it's like, instead of doing those things, we can be more mindful because it's cool to tease people and roast folks and all that, you know, but to make sure you're not labeling people. Yeah. Um, and then a prompt for this one is, man, life has been sucking this week. Like, I cannot wait for a happy hour. Like, I'm about to get a couple of bottles this weekend. <laughs> and I'm instead of actually responding, I would say, like, a um, judgmental or dismissive response could be just like every week, you always going down to the bar and you might be, like you said, you might be kind of joking or like kind of saying it casually, but you are kind of dismissing that if, if they're saying this in a way where they are kind of reaching out. Um, another way could it be, um, dang, don't you think you've drank enough or like, uh, how many times have you been there this week? Like, those are things that make people feel like you're judging them, which you are, um, or kind of shaming them for the way that they're choosing to deal with that. Um, whereas you could have just been like, man, you want to talk about what happened this week? And, you know, kind of have a conversation like, yeah, I know a drink does sound sound nice, you know, when you're dealing with some, when you're dealing with issues, but do you want to talk about them? Um, or just like in a way where it's not necessarily judging them. Mm-hmm. And I would op- offer up an invitation like, hey, do you want to maybe go hiking or something, you know, tomorrow morning? Like to see, you know, something that's non-alcohol related or something if you kind of see them struggling with some type of anything that's going on um, and trying to put some space in that without being like, well, you think drinking is helping your problems? Like, you know, put some space <laughs> right. in it. Right. Um, another thing to do, which, uh, again, we're seeing all these threads throughout, but avoid giving your opinion. This can be very difficult as well. And I think it's something that's hard to be aware of um, until you're really looking at exactly what you're saying. Um, so a problem for that, um, and this is this is because you need to stay objective. Like, you don't know everything about everything. So taking sides, even taking your friend's side off top, cannot might not be the healthiest thing. Um, so the prompt, Carly... My cousin, he's abusing me. I, I, I've been living with him for two years. Like, I should probably just run away. What do you think? Like, do you think I should just leave? I don't know. I could find somewhere to go. What do you feel is best for you right now? I mean, right now I'm, I'm thinking I just need to get away from here. But, like, what do you, like, what should I do? Like, you're somebody I feel like you, you can just, just tell me what do you think I should do. You can help me figure this out. Well, we can definitely, you know, kind of figure it out. Okay. What are some of your other options right now? Like, if um, you do leave, where where would you go? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, 
maybe my other aunt, I could probably give her a call maybe and just see if, you know, if she'll let me maybe even stay over there for a week. Um, I don't want to be a burden to anybody, but just to get away for a little bit, maybe that can help me think a little bit more. Yeah, you're never a burden. I'm sure she would be, you know, happy to have you over for a little while. Mm, well, I don't know about that, but maybe I could, I'll give her a call. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I can make a list. I'll think of a couple other people and maybe I can hit them up and see, you know, if I can come by and just kind of, you know, check out the situation. That was the best. There we go. We, hey. <laughs> we finally got one right. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that was really good because Carly never told me, even though I ask it and people will ask you, but even like we said before with the giving solutions, uh, one of the biggest things they do say is like, even when people ask for solutions or want your opinion straight out, um, obviously we, we know now not to just give it without even being asked, but even when you're asked it, you're allowing them, which I didn't even have to think about trying to do. It, it was natural that now you're, you're giving me space to make my own decision. And I'm starting to think about what, what makes sense, what, what I could do um, and figure it out as opposed to just being like, yeah, you're right. That sounds like it makes sense. I'll do that for what you're saying. So you're giving me that opportunity. And I think that's a big growth opportunity, like in immediate danger situations, not necessarily, but like when people are trying to figure out things in their lives, if you automatically give them solutions when you don't know all the facts and all the details and all the nuances, like you could miss some stuff. And that keeps them from pushing themselves to make that decision. Mm -hmm. Like they kind of need that. Mm -hmm. Um this next one is, I think, probably one of the most important. And actually, in my in research and in talking about this with Lexi, I learned that um, asking someone if they're having suicidal thoughts and talking about suicide with someone you think might be suicidal doesn't actually increase the risk of suicide. Mm -mm. It actually, in the same similar way to what we just did, um, allows them to think through it a little more and to think about it. Um, so one thing to do if you think somebody is at risk um, be sure to ask them if they thought about it. I've done that before. Ask somebody like, um, so are, are you thinking about ending your life? Cause they might say something a little more abstract. And it's like, are you thinking about ending your life? Um, and they're like, yeah. Um, and then you ask them, well, how would you do it? Or if, if there's something around you now that you're going to use. Um, and I've had somebody that I, that I've talked to about this say, um, well, I was looking at all the doors, all the doors in this apartment are, aren't tall enough. Um, which let me know how they would think about attempting it. Um, and then also asking them like, well, when are you, are you going to, are you trying to do, are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Like asking them those questions, because then a, you'll know how much they really have it planned out. And then B them thinking about it, talking about it, saying it, you can kind of start to tell if there's like, yeah, they don't really want to do that right now, or they're just in a space of kind of ideating it or how serious that might be. Um, so in those cases, I was able to determine, okay, they're having these thoughts, but they're not really ready right now to do anything, at which point um, you can take further measures to call or text 988 and tell them to um, stay on the line with them and just until you get to more of a place where maybe you can joke or, or have lighter conversation. Um, you can call a friend. You can, have, you can go over there if you can um, or some other things as well. But – this episode in no way, shape or form is saying, you know, use these tips if someone is ideating, like call, call a professional, call, get some help. Like if someone seriously mm -hmm. is going there, like call 988 right now, chat at lifeline.org, get some help because that's above us for sure. Mm -hmm. You need a professional if they are actually ideating. But these things do this way of having conversation and the essence of it being empathetic and actually listening is valuable. Um, asking them questions about how they feel 
and just allowing them to talk, right? As long as they keep talking, um, you're in a better space than if they weren't talking at all or if they're just making these decisions. So um, for sure, reach out if you're if it's above you. But I would suggest that you um, take this episode and look at all of those different things, right? And try to think of if there's anything you're, you might be aware of that you do often or that you're not so good at or try to take one and challenge yourself in like the week to say, okay, you know what? When anybody talks to me, I'm going to try not to start with my own story or say I, or um, let me see if I can go a whole day without giving any solutions. Like that might be something interesting just for you to try. So you can get more aware of where you may need to improve with these conversations. Yeah, that's a huge one. So hit us at Carly's couch. Let us know, you know, what you're working on this week and what stood out the most to you, what you see the most in your own responses. And make sure that you're taking care of yourself as well um, and also talking to people if you need it. Yep. Um, there's also some practice examples. We'll link one in the show notes um, if you want to take a look at it and just see a professional back and forth in using a lot of these, um, um, what would you call them? These tips, tips yeah. yeah, a lot of these kind of tips for conversation within there. So you could check that out if you are interested in seeing like what a quick back and forth conversation looks like. And then we're going to end our episode today with a question of the week, which is what is the best social psychology trick that you know or the best psychology trick that you know? I'm not even sure what you're referring to by psychology trick, but one thing I would say is um, saying people's name. Often, uh, when people tell me their name, I try to repeat it then um, to make sure I have it right. And then I say it a few more times. Um, and that's really a trick for you to remember it. But also, when I speak to people, I tend to, even when I'm texting them or speaking to them, I say their name often. Um, some of my friends are annoyed by it, but they all recognize it like that. I'm always saying their name. And I think that it, it's supposedly a good um, psychology trick. I wouldn't call it a trick, though. But, like, it's good for people feeling connected to you when you're talking mm -hmm. to them. I was like, that's a great bridge. That's a great one. Um, the one I was thinking about was um, if you're negotiating or um, if you have bad news to tell somebody, if you go over the top with it, like, man, I have the worst news in the world to tell you. Mm -hmm. And then you tell them and it's really not that bad because they're already prepared for the worst. But if it's less than that, then it's okay. And it actually helps mm -hmm. soften the blow a little bit of whatever it is. Yeah, that's perfect for negotiations, too. When you go to the hotel and be like, yeah, you're going to hate me today. I know you're probably having a bad day. I'm about to I'm about make to it make worse. it even worse. <laughs> but can you do this? And they'd be like, oh, yes. Yeah. So that is a really, really good one as well. And that's from well. Chris Voss, uh, one of my professors at USC. But he wrote Never Split the Difference. So. All right. Well, we hope you gain something from this conversation. We hope you utilize it. And we hope that you take care of yourselves this September and always. Bye, y'all.